Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Matthew, the 18th chapter. Praise God. Find my spot here. Verse 1, at that time the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him and set him in the midst of them and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become, like, become as little children, you will by no means enter into the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as, as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. So we're reading these scriptures, and uh, we read out of the Amplified Bible uh, this, this verse, and, um, and I'll read it here. It says, At that time the disciples came up and asked Jesus, Who then really is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a little child to himself and put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you repent, change, turn around, and become like little children, trusting, lowly, loving, forgiving, you can never enter the kingdom of heaven at all. Whoever will enter... whoever." Whoever will humble himself, therefore, become like this little child, trusting, lowly, loving, forgiving, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So we were talking about these things and uh, making sure we keep our hearts right and keep our perspectives right because, uh, you know, God's at work around here. Amen? And I want to make sure we, we are we're listening to what Jesus has to say, right? You know, the things that, that the world magnifies, glorifies, and, and deems important, they're not the same things that God magnifies, glorifies, and deems as important. The, the world values one thing, God values something else. And, um, you know, it's important if we're going to have God's results that we go about things God's way and we value the things that he values. You know, and I will say this, you know, if you're really going to go after the things of God and put uh, his priorities first, you know, a lot of times people aren't going to understand you, but that's all right. God will understand you and he'll be magnified by that, right? And he'll be able to use you. He'll be able to do things in your life. And so uh, it's important that we maintain these characteristics. The heart of a child, I guess, is the, the title of, of this uh, series of messages I'm speaking on, but uh, maintain that heart in our life and, and make sure that we endeavor to do that. It doesn't just happen on its own, but it happens as a result of us determining that's how we're going to be. That, that this is the, these are going to be the attributes or the qualities of our life. And so it's important that we put these things into practice and we're always evaluating ourselves. You know, as you go, uh, you'll see in this area, you know, you've got a grasp here on this area, but like we were talking this morning, the area of trust. You may, uh, 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 in the area when it comes to having trust in the Lord, childlike trust, just whatever uh, our Heavenly Father says, whatever the Word says, just trust without a second thought in one area. But then in another area, you may struggle in that area. Uh, you, you may have a hard time in, the, in one area. You may, maybe healing for you is an area where you can trust in the Lord, whereas finance is an area where a person struggles in trusting in the Lord. Well, what's the remedy for that? Well, we talked this morning about the importance of renewing your mind to make sure that you are uh, uh, educating yourself and reprogramming uh, the way you think to look at things the way God looks at them from his perspective. That's how we're going to know his ways. That's how we're going to have his thoughts is by replacing our thoughts and what we're how we're trained to think I mean, honestly, it doesn't make any sense to give and you'll have more. That makes no sense in the natural. 
You know, in the natural, you, you hold as much as you can, and you, you, you hold on to everything. You don't give anything away. In fact, you're always looking for something to take, right? I mean, you're always looking for some area to, to get something extra. Well, that, that's not the way it works in the kingdom of God. And, um, you know, uh, and so if we're going to do things his way, we have to reprogram the way we, we look at things. And, and it is the way, the world's way. I love the Amplified says that it, or the message about, uh, you know, being pulled down by the world, by their level of immaturity that they have. And so, you know, we're not trying to be negative to anybody, but we want to make sure we're not walking as immature. Having a heart of a child and being immature are two totally different things. I mean, some kids, some kids are, are, still can be kids, but some, one kid can be an immature kid and one can be a responsible kid. He wants us to be responsible children, but still have that same heart, have, have a, the heart of a child, right? So we're talking about trusting this morning and, and looking at that, and if you, were to, if you missed that this morning, uh, you can get the, uh, go online and listen to the, um, uh, to the recording there. Uh, we're going to move on, but the, the, in the Amplified here, the next thing he says, he's talked about trusting and then lowly. And this is something that I've touched on and just uh, it's kind of been on my heart uh, in general uh, the last uh, few weeks and, and, and I've, I've kind of touched on it here and there. But the importance as a, as a child, one of the attributes of a child is they're lowly. And uh, you might say a lowly is not a word that we use a whole lot. I don't, I don't walk around and, and say, oh, you're lowly. I've, I, you know, it's not a word that I use. So I wanted to look it up and, and um, uh, get some of the definitions of what that word actually means so that we can, we need to understand these things so we can apply them, right? And so he said that uh, the heart of a child, and he described him as trusting, lowly, loving, and forgiving. And uh, one of the, the first attributes of being lowly, uh, one of the, the definitions of this word is humble or low in position, rank, and status. Repeat that to you. It's humble or low in position, rank, or status. You know, really this question that the, the, uh, that the disciples asked really reflected the condition of their heart and kind of where they were looking, coming from right off the bat. I mean, their question was, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And, and they weren't asking, uh, I'm sure they weren't asking just for reference sake, they were asking so that they could be the greatest. Find out, you know, what, what we can do to be the greatest. And, you know, uh, it, I will say on one side, it's, it's a good thing to have a desire to, to be important to the, in the kingdom of heaven. I mean, we ought to all want to, to, to meet our lives to mean something for the kingdom of God, right? I mean, that's important. I mean, you know, you, know, you, you want your life to stand for something, and, and you want the life that you live to accomplish something. You want your life to mean something, and especially in the things of God. And, and really, when it's all said and done, that's the only evaluation that's going to really matter. I mean, how important you were in this life when this is all over, it's just what, what we did for a few years in the scope of eternity, right? I mean, you know, an uh, 80 years is just a blip on the radar, you know, as far as what uh, the, the, the overall picture of our existence is going to be. You know, we know we're, we're spirit beings. Uh, God is eternal. We're eternal beings. We're going to have a, uh, we have uh, an eternal future awaiting for us. It means that, what does it mean? As spirit beings, we're, never, we're not going to have an end. We're going to be here. He's going to be around. We're going to be around with him if you're born again. And so uh, and the sad thing is the people who are not born again, you know, they'll be around. They'll just be separated from God. That's why it's so important to, to be reaching out to people you know, and to, to let God motivate you and move you. And, and, and really, if you're going to do that, you have to sacrifice this right here on the, on the, the area of being lowly. That's something you have to do because you know, the world doesn't re- oftentimes doesn't respect that. Uh, but you know, the, I'd rather have I'd rather have their heart 
love the Lord than, than have them respect me, you know. And so you now always have to check these things. But, you know, it's a good thing to, to want to matter, and it's a good thing to want to um, uh, uh, have your life count for something and mean something. And, um, and, you know, and I believe that's something that the Lord wants for us as well. He wants our lives to count, wants our lives to mean something. But it says there in the Scripture, Jesus said one of the attributes of a child is that they are lowly, and um, it is humble or low in position, rank, or status. Go over to uh, Philippians chapter 2. You know, like I said, the disciples questioned off, just off to the, uh, at the very beginning that they needed some adjustments. You know, really, if you watch the disciples, the, the, the maturing that happened in their lives over the three years they were with Jesus was pretty astounding. I mean, you know, they, they, they moved and, and covered a lot of ground. I mean, they, they really did grow up in a lot of areas. And thank God for that. You know, the good news is the, these guys were no different than you or I. And, uh, you know, they were dedicated to hearing his voice and to moving with him, and God matured him, matured them. God will mature you as well. You know, if you, if you want to grow in these things, God will, he will grow you. He's, he will do what he needs to do to get you to move up and get you to develop and, and mature. I mean, you know, uh, Peter was a mess, but Peter, just a few years later, I mean, Peter, Peter was a man that was greatly used by God and, and ultimately gave everything uh, for the kingdom of God and for, and for the, the witness, you know, that, that he had. And, um, and, you know, we can grow in these things as well. But being humble or low in position, rank or status is a major thing. It says in Philippians, the second chapter, we know that Jesus is our example in everything. We're supposed to, we look unto him. Remember, Hebrews says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The way he did things is the way we're going to do things if we're going to uh, fulfill his ministry. Right? I mean, we are Christians, which means we are tied with Christ, right? I mean, we, we've been tied together with him. And so if we're going to be effective Christians, we have to be like Christ, right? We, we have to maintain that. That's an important thing. And so, you know, as you're going along, you're always evaluating yourself and you're seeing, you know, this area I'm doing well, but then this other area I need to step up. Well, this is what Jesus did. And this is a scripture I've read before, but it's such, it's such a good thing. In, in uh, Philippians chapter 2, Verse 5, it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, you can stop right there. The things we're talking about are things that we have to let happen. Are you out there? I mean, these things are things that we have to let happen. This is not something that God does. This is something that you have to allow this to take place. He said, let this mind be in you. See, this was specific to everybody, and this is still specific to everybody here tonight. The Lord would say to you, let this mind be in you tonight. Not just in your pastor, not just in the pastoral staff, but let this mind be in you. You have to let it be in you, right? So let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. It means we can think like he thought. Verse 6, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. You know, this scripture Jesus was telling them, and really he lived it out in front of them in a way that, that I mean, he, he lived it, it gave them the best example by his life and even in his death of what he was talking about. He said, talked about being trusting, yes, but the, being lowly, having a uh, humble in position or rank. You know, if we're going, like I said, to, to move forward, we have to make sure we're not taken up with position or rank. Right? We have to make sure that we're not focused on position or rank. I've got, Amy and I, we've got good friends of ours, um, uh, you know, just thinking about this. Um, 
some good friends of ours that uh, were involved in their local church and, and were, were really a huge blessing to the church that they went to. And um, uh, God was using them and really, uh, you know, they, they, when they got, you know, before all of this, when they got born again, filled the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, God really began to work in their life and really took them somewhere and, and, and it was making something out of their life. And, uh, you know, they just loved God and were, were uh, just happy to, to, to be born again, happy to do anything that he asked and happy to be used by him. And uh, over the years, you know, the, uh, the Lord had just blessed them and put them in a position to where um, in their jobs where they had a great amount of influence. I mean, they, they had a lot of influence with a lot of people, had a lot of influence with uh, just really God just graced them. And um, they were faithful in their church, and, 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 uh, you know, and, the, and the Lord had blessed them in their jobs. And really their job uh, that they had, the position God had given them with work, um, they were really in a position to, to funnel people into the kingdom of God. I mean, they were, they were set up to, to funnel people. Um, they had such influence that the things they said, the things that they did carried a lot of weight, you know, and it was working for them. I mean, people were, were getting born again. People were being added to their church. Things were happening by their influence, by what God had done in their life and the position they had, the Lord had given them. But, you know, over time, uh, they, they started to grow dissatisfied with that and started to grow dissatisfied with that position. You know, I'll say this, where the Lord puts you is the best place to be. You know, it doesn't really matter what it is. If it's where he wants you to be, then that's where you need to be. But, you know, the enemy's always there trying to make you look and try to causing you to look elsewhere and to look and you know, to see what others are doing. You know, comparing ourselves to other people is the worst thing you can do. Uh, so comparing yourself to others is the worst thing you can do. Now, you can look at their faith and look at their hunger and zeal for God and let that move you forward. That's a great thing. But as far as what God's asked one to do versus another to do, when you start getting into those areas, uh, you know, you start getting out. Of the, God calls people to do certain things based upon the grace that he puts on their life and the gifts that are in their life. And if you start coveting somebody else's position or what they have, and it's outside of your gifting and your grace, you're going to find yourself in trouble. I mean, you know, the, you, you can get beyond God's ability in your life. And then it's all on you. And how many of you realize that's a bad place to be? I mean, you, you're, you're going to find yourself in a, in a world of hurt if you do that. And not only that, people are affected by that. You know, the, the kingdom of God isn't advanced by that. You know, people's lives are not advanced by that. And, and it's, it's a subtle thing, but, but you know, it, it's something that the enemy would try to bring to us all. And, and, you know, around here we've been talking about the things that God's doing and, and where he's taking us. And, and this is an area we have to be aware of, making sure that we, we talk about staying in your lane, you know, that we're, we're being uh, careful to, to, to not want something more than what the Lord wants for us, right? And uh, they became, became dissatisfied with their position, even though it was a great blessing, um, and really, dissatisfaction came just because they started listening to thoughts that were, that were contrary to what God had asked them to do. And started listening to those things and kind of playing with those things and, and, and you know, uh, uh, giving ear to it. And, um, you know, they, they just were looking for a position and, and well, they got it. And uh, it ended up taking them out of where they were, their effectiveness, and, and it just brought a lot, of, a lot of difficulty into their life because of that. It's important that we... You know, we, we allow the Lord to, to, to promote us, move us up, to, to do these things and not be taken with titles. You know, over the years I've seen it, we've seen it time and time again. People want a title and they want a position. They want to be recognized, you know. And, and I'll say this, it's important that we make sure we, we let one another know that we appreciate what they do, right? 
and that we're, we, that we're thankful for the gift that we are in one another's lives. You know, that, that's a good thing as a church for us to, to, to be better at. You know, we, we can always be increasing in these things is, is to value one another, but then also let people, the people around us know that we love them and value them and, and we appreciate what they're doing. You know, just showing gratitude towards not only God, but to what we mean for each other, that can be a major help to somebody to not fall into a trap. You know, I mean, if, he, if somebody doesn't feel like they're being appreciated or valued uh, just amongst their brothers and sisters in the Lord, that, that, that's something that the enemy could use, you know, to begin to work on them. And so it's important to be mindful. That's a part of just being mindful of one another. You know, I thank God for the fact that we've got around here in our local church, we have, uh, you know, people who are involved in all kinds of areas of ministry here. You know, you're, what you're doing is vital, it's vital. I mean, I'm not saying that just in the standpoint of just some kind of generic thing. No, it's vital that, that this happened. I mean, it's a, that you do what the, what the Lord has laid on your heart. And it's vital that you walk in the fullness of the giftings of God in your life in these areas. I mean, you know, the ushers. Thank God for our ushers, our greeters, you know, the ones who watch our kids, you know. I mean, thank God for that, you know. Uh, all of the various areas of the church where people are people who pray, there are some people who are called in the area of, of to spend time in prayer for the church. Now, we meet on Monday nights, obviously, and that's something that, that an invitation that's been given to all of us, <laughs> you know, to come on Monday nights. We're, we all should be involved in that. But then there are just some that the Lord has specifically gifted and anointed and called to pray, right? And thank God for that. I'm reminded, you know, Brother Hagin talking about Jeannie Wilkerson, I think it was, and it was how. Was it Jeannie Wilkerson and Hal Halverson, right, the two? And, um, you know, when they went home to be with the Lord, he noticed in the spirit, you know, this is a man that had, had, had died, seen hell, died, seen hell, died, went to heaven, had the Lord Jesus appear to him on numerous occasions, and he could tell when those people went home to be with the Lord. He could tell in the spirit there was something missing. What was that? It was the prayer that they offered. I mean, that's huge. I mean, they, they prayed for him, and it caused him to be able to do what he was called to do. Their being where they needed to be helped him be where he needed to be, right? And the good news is, wherever the Lord places you, if you're obedient to be that place, you get the same reward. You're, you're going to get the same reward. You know, if you just do what the Lord asks you to do, you're, gonna, you're going to get the same reward as, as Kenneth Hagin doing what the Lord asked him to do. Or whoever it is. If you just simply do what the Lord asks you to do and stay where you need to be, uh, uh, you know, God will honor you. God will bless you. He will, he'll be pleased with you and you'll be rewarded for it. Amen. But it's important that, that we make sure that we stay in that place uh, uh, and not let the desire for uh, position, rank, or status be something that, that causes us a problem. You know, I gave the example of uh, William Seymour in uh, Azusa Street. Started off a very humble man, and, and power can, can affect the way people look at things. Recognition, you know, you may, it, you, it is a dangerous thing for, for, for people to, to, to be put up on a pedestal. You know, it's a dangerous thing. And, um, you know, you get to the minute where the moment where you, you start looking at things, well, by my own hand, I've done this. Well, you, you know, you're in trouble if you do that. You, you find yourself outside of the grace of God. You know, people who don't understand that, you know, just, just ask that the Lord remove his hand of blessing and his grace from your life for a week and come back next Sunday and tell us what that week was like, you know. And, and, and if he actually did it. He's so good he wouldn't even answer that kind of a crazy prayer, you know, I believe. But, but if you were to ask the Lord to do that and he honored that, 
I don't know that we would see you next week. You know, I mean, it's, it's likely that you wouldn't even be here next week. So, you know, we're, we're nothing in and of ourselves. And Jesus, when he came, he took on that same position. That if anybody had the right to, 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 to uh, expect a title or to expect a position or to expect to be uh, treated in a certain way or whatever, it would have been the Lord Jesus. But he said that in um, being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself. He, he made himself of no reputation, in verse 7, but took the form of a bondservant, of a slave, and came in the likeness of men. So Jesus is our example, and we must maintain that. I, you know, this is something that, that, that uh, as we move forward, each person is responsible for having this same mind, letting this be in them, right? Go to 1 Peter chapter 5. We read this uh, uh, before, 1 Peter the 5th chapter. Praise God. Are you doing okay tonight? <laughs> Praise God. 1 Peter chapter 5. Hallelujah. We'll start midway through the fifth verse. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. You know, when the time was right, when the time is right, God will exalt you. He will now. Does that mean people are necessarily going to notice you, or, or you know, see you in a grander light? Not necessarily, but exaltation comes in many ways, right? Exaltation can come in many different forms, many different uh, uh, ways. And you know, you want uh, you want the exaltation of the Lord, right? Go with me over to uh, Proverbs, the fifteenth chapter. You want God to exalt you. Thank you for the one amen there. You want God to exalt you. When men exalt, I, I found this, when people exalt you, you know, you, you have to be careful. When people start telling you how great you are, you need to watch out, <laughs> right? Proverbs chapter 15, you watch out so you don't start thinking you're so wonderful, but also watch out what do they really want, <laughs> right? I mean, you know, you, you, have to, you have to watch out. I know my mom likes to tease me about this, and I, I you know. That when I was a little, you want to tell the story? She says, when I was a little boy, when I was this little Greg, when I was this little Greg, I'd come up, I'd come up to her and say, Mama, I just love you so much. You're the greatest mom in the world. Is that what I would say? I love you, Mommy. I love you, Mommy. I love you, Mommy. And, and you know, my mom, the heartfelt woman that she was, you know, and just full of warmth to her kids. You know, I'm sure she, you love to hear that, but she said she always like, yeah, I love you too. What do you want? <laughs> right? And, and she said I would follow up with, can I have a cookie? You know, can I have a cookie or something? And, uh, uh, you know, when, when people start patting your back, you know, um, uh, you know, there are two sides of that. You know, if somebody, it's, it's okay if somebody appreciates you, you know, and tells you, you ought to, you'll be open to that. Don't be weird. Oh, don't, don't say that, brother. Don't say you appreciated that because I don't want to get pride. Oh, no, no. You know, don't, don't be weird, you know. Don't be weird about it. You know, it's okay for people to, to, to tell you that they love you. And, and we just said a minute ago, it's important that we do that for one another. But, but don't let that become your motivation for what you do, right? And you have to guard your heart to make sure these things don't start taking root in your life, right? And, and, and start affecting you, you know? Uh, I'm reminded of the story Brother Hagen told of the, the woman, um, you know, how pride and position, how it can really affect you. You know, the, the, he told the story of this lady that was a minister's wife, and um, uh, 
they were used of God, you know, they were, they were anointed and gifted, used by God, and, and the enemy started talking to her about, you know, that she wasn't, she, what, what was it, that she wasn't respected enough, or that she had all these gifts, she could sing really well, you know, and that uh, she had been cheated, she had been cheated in life, because um, all of these giftings, all these talents that she had, she was a, an attractive woman, a talented woman, she had been treated, or, or what'd you say? Cheated in life. Uh, by, by missing out, that people weren't recognizing her, and she wasn't elevated to a, a certain status that she could be based upon what, you know, what she had to offer and her skills. And so the, you know, Brother Hagin told this story that this woman in the ministry, uh, born again in the ministry, filled with the Holy Ghost, that simple lie on an individual basis, this woman lost her salvation over that. I mean, you know, something that a thought that she began to to. To, at first, she rejected it, and the thought would come. You know, the enemy knows the things that we struggle with. I mean, the, it knows the, the areas. And pride is an area, uh, uh, status being recognized as something that we all have to deal with. I mean, after all, it is the thing that got Adam and Eve, or got the enemy, rather, got Lucifer in trouble in the very beginning, right? And then also the thing he used against Adam and Eve, you know, well, you know, you know the minute you do this, you'll just be like him. I mean, he, that, that he uses these things. Well, this woman, you know, the thoughts came. Uh, she resisted it. No, 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 that's not right. That's not right. That's not right. Well, you know, you, you, have, to be, you have to be steadfast in these things. And so the thought would come back, and she, she you know, no, that's not right. Well, eventually she started kind of, you know, contemplating on these things, and she became obsessed with it. And Brother Hagin went through the whole process of how, you know, the, the enemy uh, uh, took over her life. You know, eventually when it was all said and done, she rejected Jesus over it because she had been cheated in life, and so she wasn't going to be cheated anymore. I mean, imagine getting to that point where you make the, or someone born again, spirit-filled, makes the decision that I know who Jesus is, and I don't want him anymore. I mean, you know, that, that's taking, I mean, that's not missing it. It's committing a sin you know you ought not do. I mean, you're actually telling the Lord Jesus, I don't want you anymore because I've been cheated I mean, I know that's, that's, an extreme, uh, uh, that's an extreme situation, but it is possible. If we, if we allow these things, you know, the enemy, he, he's a jerk. And we have to stand guard on these things, right, and make sure we don't allow this to happen, right? And not saying people are going to lose their salvation over that. You know, I, I'm, I'm not suggesting that this particular woman did. But, but lose your effectiveness for the kingdom of God is also a horrible thing. You know, losing your effectiveness and not being where you're supposed to be, you know, because it not only affects you, but it affects other people, right? Um, you want the Lord to, to promote you. The, the Word says to humble yourself in the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. In Proverbs 15, uh, the 33rd verse, it says the fear of the Lord, Proverbs 15, 33, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. That doesn't mean you're afraid of the Lord, but you are, uh, you are, um, how would you say the best way to describe the fear of the Lord? Um, reverence, yeah, to the things of him, uh, to the things of God. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. You want to be honored by people? Well, you know, you have to make sure that you are living in humility, right? It's an important thing. Go over to the 22nd chapter, a few pages, uh, Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs 22, verse 4 says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. By humility and the fear of the Lord, those things work hand in hand, are riches, honor, 
and life. And so, you know, the Lord will promote you. And those are, those are good areas. Honor and riches and life, that's something you want from the Lord. Well, it comes by, we get there by, by humbling ourselves, right? By making sure we are uh, keeping that same, uh, that same example. Go over back with me back to Philippians uh, chapter 2. Remember we read the scripture that Jesus came in the form of a bondservant and humbled himself. He humbled himself. But it goes on to say what happens as a result of that. See, you need to see this and be in trust in the Lord. To going back to trust, trust in the Lord that if you'll do what he says to do, he's going to take care of you, right? Um, Jesus came and humbled himself, being, uh, uh, being in the, verse 8, being in the, in the form and appearance of a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God, has all, uh, God also has highly exalted him. Notice who exalted him? God did, but who humbled himself? Jesus humbled himself first, and then God exalted him. Right? It, it does work. He is our example. He's our example, and Jesus is our example. Let this mind be in you. But, you know, if we let him be our example and follow in his steps, we're also going to follow in the steps of the, the reward of doing what he does. Now, we're not going to have our name like his. It goes on to say that, uh, uh, therefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Your name, the name of Greg, won't be the name above every name. There's already one name. His name is Jesus, right? But God will exalt you. God will exalt you. Verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, and those in heaven, and those on earth, and those even under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father, uh, of, of God the Father. So we can see that humility and making sure that we're lowly in position or status, not taking up with titles, is a vital thing. I had a couple of things, uh, some misconceptions about humility I wanted to just to... Um, to read off here, it says, if you strive on purpose to become humble, you're in pride. That's a misconception. If you strive on purpose to be humble, you're in pride. That's not true. You enter into humility on accident, you can't know for sure if you're humble. That's not true. If you say you're humble, you are really in pride. That's also not true. I, this, this afternoon, Amy and I was asked her this story, but I uh, said, you know, you got to help me. When we were at Ramah, um, you met Rich Walker's here just a, a few weeks back. Rich was here, uh, brother Rich. Uh, they're actually about to head back to Spain in a couple weeks, so they're uh, they're packing up all their stuff, putting everything in storage, and closing their house. They got rid of their house. They're gone. So anyway, uh, uh, I called in this afternoon. And said, "You have to you have to repeat this story to me because I want to make sure I have the details right." We were in a class by one of the instructors. There It was a life of honor class, and it was a second year class, meaning that all the second year students took the class. And our particular second year. The entire second year, second you know year body uh, of our graduating class, about a thousand people, and so we're in RMA, which, which is the second largest auditorium at Rama. Rama Bible Church is, is the biggest, seats you know four thousand people or something. RMA seats what two thousand something like that. It's probably like a couple thousand. So we had a thousand to twelve hundred people in our class. Well, Rich uh, was a year ahead of us, but he decided to go back third year to Rama, and uh, his when he went third year, he did the youth program, the youth. Classes. When you say classes, if you do pastors, you know, evangelists, youth, children's ministry helps, uh, you have some common classes you all take, and other classes are split off into your particular area of focus. So this was one of the group classes. And so uh, Doug Jones was the, was the guy doing the class. And so the class started off the very first day, he, the very first thing in the class. He said, now, he said, if you're humble, if you're humble, if you're here today and you're humble, I want you to stand up. 
I mean, it was, I, mean, I, I didn't move. I just sat there. I mean, it was just like, nobody's doing anything. And I turned around, and Rich Walker is standing up, the other side of the auditorium standing there. And there was one other guy, the, guy, the other, only other guy that stood up was a guy that was a little odd. And so when I was, today when I talked to Rich, he's like, yeah, I stood up. See, Rich had already taken the class the year before, so he knew where Doug Jones was going. Well, the rest of us didn't know where he was going, right? And so Rich stood up, and he said, he's like, he told me today, he said, I stood up, and the only other guy who stood up was this guy that I really didn't want to be associated with because he was, he was kind of out there. He said, he said, he said I just, he just stood up. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, I said, yeah, I told him. I said, I was sitting there, and I'm thinking, oh, no, Rich, sit down, Rich, please sit down. They're going to kick you out of school, you know. Nobody else is doing this, Rich, please sit down. He said, it's funny, he said, you, he, he said Did you, were you sitting? He said, you know, sometimes you have memories of things, how they happen, and, and maybe that isn't exactly how it went down. You imagine things happening. And so he, he, he describes it. Were you guys sitting and described our section? I said, oh, yeah, that's where we were sitting. He said, I, I, said, I remember looking at your face. This isn't just a dream then. I remember looking at your face. We knew each other well enough by this point that I was looking at Rich and making some sort of sign trying to get Rich to sit down. <laughs> he said, I looked over, and you're going, <laughs> said, well, actually, that's exactly what I was saying. Oh, Rich, please sit down. And so he said, man, I was tempted because all eyes were on me. And you're, he said, I look over and there's my buddy sitting there, you know, across the auditorium. <laughs> you're trying to tell me to sit down. You know, one of the misconceptions is that if you're humble, you're in pride. Or if you know you're humble or you say you're humble, you're in pride. That's not true. It's like there's that, that joke, you know, that they gave somebody an award for being the most humble person in their church and a badge. I'm the most humble person. As soon as the person wore it, they took it away from them, you know. You know? <laughs> no, knowing that you're humble, that doesn't mean you're necessarily in pride. Humility, uh, this is also a misconception. Humility means you have no dreams, no backbone or goals. Everyone can walk on you and you are a doormat. That's also not true. It's a misconception about humility. Uh, another one is the only one who can make you humble is God. Let me, let me tell you something. You don't want God to humble you. You want to humble yourself. You don't want to get into the business of God humbling you. The children of Israel experienced God humbling them. You don't want God to humble you, right? Thank God we live in the day of grace. He's not trying to humble you. He's looking to exalt you. He leaves the humbling to you, right? Uh, so the only one who can humble you is God. Another one is people who are humble always put themselves down. Humility is not putting yourself down either. So some right, the right thinking about humility. You only become humble on purpose. That is true. You only become humble on purpose. You, you can know when you are humble and you, and you can know whether you are humble or whether you are not humble. You can know that. You know, in any area, you can be aware, is that an area that you struggle with being in humility or being in pride? And you can know that. You can know. You can know. Another one is, it's okay to say, I'm humble. I mean, if the Lord tells us that we need to be humble, we ought to be able to say that we're humble, right? If, if you are, you don't want to lie about it. I mean, if you are humble, you, want, you should be able to say that you're humble. Um, if you are not humble, it's your fault, not God's. <laughs> if any area where we struggle with this, if you're not humble, it's your fault, it's not God's fault. A person who walks in humility has dreams and goals, and they're not a doormat. Right? Humility 
is not inferiority. That's not what it is. Go with me to Romans chapter uh, 12, Romans the 12th chapter. And this is an important thing, you know, that, that we, we see things the right way. You know, the Lord wants us to be lowly. He, that, that's an important thing, but that doesn't mean we have to be a doormat or view ourselves as a doormat. That's not attractive at all. Jesus was the most humble person that ever walked the earth, but he was by no means a doormat. Ask the guys in the temple that he whipped to get him out of the temple. Jesus was not a doormat, right? When the Pharisees would try to come and try to trip him up or to cause problems, Jesus was not a doormat, right? He was not a doormat. He was a very manly man. He was not a doormat. In Romans chapter 12, now it's interesting, this verse comes right after the verses talking that we read this morning about renewing your mind. I just love them enough, I'm going to read them again anyways. I love these scriptures. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, verse 1, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Like I said this morning, when the, uh, renewing your mind is a huge, 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 huge deal. But notice verse 3. For, for I say, through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not just a few, but everybody, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Now it says not to think more highly of yourself than you ought. When you tell somebody, not, don't do something which is more than they ought to do, what does that mean? They ought to, if, it, if something can be more than what it ought to be, that means that there should be, there is something there. Can you see what I'm saying? Not to think more highly of yourself than you ought. He didn't say don't think highly of yourself. He just said don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. You need to know and think about yourself and see yourself that you are a son and daughter of God. I mean, that, that's, that is, that, that's part of the confidence that God wants to instill in us is knowing who we are in Christ. We have to know these things. And, and, and some may think that that's, being, that that's not being humble. No, that's being rational about who you are. If the Word says that you are this, you are the redeemed of the Lord, then you are the redeemed of the Lord. If whatever the Word has said, whatever God has said about you is the fact. And it's okay to think that about yourself. Not thinking that doesn't mean you're humble. It just means you're ignorant, right? I mean, not thinking that way it, 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 it doesn't mean that you're humble. It means that you're just rebellious and you refuse to see things the way God sees things. But he said, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think of yourself. Anything, you can take it to an extreme. No, stay where you are, right? So humility doesn't mean you debase yourself or downplay yourself. No, it just means you see yourself clearly the way God, has, the way God sees you. You ought to see yourself as, as important to the Lord. I mean, after all, he did send his only begotten son. God sent Jesus to die for you. That means you have some value. You have, you have value. Jesus humbled himself even to the point of death and the cross. Why? Because there was something that he was looking for, and it was us. It's okay to, it's okay to, to acknowledge that, that you're an important person to God. That's not, that's not out of place. That is being humble. It's having an accurate perception of who you are, right? But not to think more highly of yourself than you should be. So it's important that we make sure that we're being lowly. Uh, what time did I start? Anybody know? 
720, okay. Um, praise God. Uh, okay. Um, go with me over to James. This is important that we, uh, we, not, we not get in a place where we're taken with status, taken with, with position or rank, amen? You know, the, the, the moment the Lord uh, puts you in a position, he's liable to move you to another one. And you want to do what he tells you to do. I tell you, being where, where the Lord wants you to be, whatever the title is, is the most important thing. Amen? So it's being, uh, um, uh, what was the, the definition there? Humble or low in position, rank or status. And so it's important that we maintain that. Another definition of, um, of, of lowly is full of humility and meek. Full of humility and meek. One, one of the things that, that is true of children is that, um, you know, like I said, they don't, they're not, well, going back to before, they're not taken with status. It's not until they get educated, meaning that they get uh, uh, informed of the way the world's system of pecking order works before they start thinking, well, you're this. You go to the, a playground at a, a, you know, where kids are playing, little kids are playing, they're playing with everybody. They could care less. It's not until they become older that suddenly, well, I'm not going to play with you, right? It's, it's important we maintain that, right? It's important that we maintain that. Uh, but another area that kids are, children are, the heart of a child is that they are, their, their hearts are soft and pliable. They're meek. Um, I told you to go to James chapter, uh, did I say what chapter? James chapter 1. Scripture that you know, uh, but it's important we read it. Children are full of humility, they're meek, right? And children have a soft and pliable heart. It says in the 21st, 21st verse, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. We're talking about making sure we're in a position to keep moving forward and to go where God wants us to go. Maintaining a heart that is lowly, meaning teachable and pliable, is important. Right? It's important. You know, as we get older, there is children by, by nature are used to being instructed. And parents, it's our job to make sure they're used to being instructed. That's my job, is to make sure that they're, they're open to instruction. But, you know, I've, I've been in youth ministry for a long time, and I've seen this happen. Many of the parents who have adult children, I never said this. Don't give me that, bro. I know I didn't. I don't know if I did or not. I don't think I did. I hope I didn't. But when, when, when children grow up and they turn 18, well, now I'm 18. You can't tell me what to do. Oh, we never had that because I'm still here. That's why you know I never said that, right? <laughs> I was taller than her, but she'd have just, you know, it would have been bad. So anyway, not ever so I never had those things. But, but it, it, it is, it's fallen nature to get to a point where you think that you have matured to the place where you can no longer be taught. <laughs> right? We have to maintain a soft and pliable heart. You know, and amongst adults, a lot of times, that's one of the most difficult things is a church being open or a group of people being open to the instruction of the Lord. You know, none of us have arrived. I'm 40 years old, and, I, and the more I know... You, you know this too, those of you who are adults, you know, when you're younger, you think your parents sometimes don't know what they're talking about, and then you get older and you realize, oh, they were way smarter than I thought, right? I mean, you know, I was convinced it was this way, and I, I got out into the real world, oh, they, okay, mom and dad, 
They were right about that after all, right? The more you learn a lot of times, uh, the more you realize that you didn't know. But there's still a tendency to be on the side of, don't tell me what to do. Right? I know, I know that I didn't really know stuff, but don't tell me what to do. Really, we're just in it. We're still just teenagers. We're, we're, we're teenagers, you know. Don't let teenagers get angry over there. Our teenagers are perfect. They don't have any of those issues. But anyway, um, we have the greatest, most holy, wonderful teenagers on the planet. Put that hand down, Josh Aiken. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but, but really, you know, what is common to one age is common to another. I mean, it's something we have to stay on top of. You know, if we're going to move forward, we have to maintain a soft, pliable, teachable heart, right? I, I wrote down some scriptures. Um, we'll go over to 2 Timothy. This is an important one, 2 Timothy. We know that all, uh, that the Word of God is something we ought to be open to. It's something that we promote around here. It's something that we're big on. We'll always be big on the Word of God. We'll always, we'll, it'll always be a major, not a minor here. In uh, 2 Timothy, the third chapter, verse 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. Nobody likes that word, but it is profitable for correction. Everybody say profitable for correction. The word is profitable for correction. It's also profitable for instruction in righteousness. Notice that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. We have to maintain a lowly heart, meaning a, a soft, pliable heart, where we're open to the instruction of the Lord. It, it, the word is given to us for this reason. That's why we have the scriptures is to, to instruct us so that we can be complete. But you have to be open to that. We have to maintain an openness to, the, to these things. You know, uh, uh, I've learned the further I go, there are things that the Lord will, will bring to my attention in the Word, show me something that I've not seen before, and I have to make a decision. Am I going to adjust my thinking to be in line with His thinking, or am I going to keep my thinking and just say, well, Lord, you can just, I don't really care what you say. If you want to move up, you're going to have to adjust your thinking. He's not going to adjust to you. He do, he's not going to change his mind. Oh, okay, Brother Ray. Or okay, Ray Kittles, you're right after all. <laughs> oh, you got me on that one. He's not going to do that. His way is going to be the right way. Like I said, you are in charge of whether or not you're humble or not. You're in charge. It's not God's job to humble you. It's yourself to humble you. To, to humble. You have to humble yourself. What does it mean? You bring your attitudes, bring your interpretation of things, bring your viewpoint into line with his viewpoint, the instruction that he's given you, right? In Psalms, I'll read this to you just because we're running out of time. Psalms chapter 3, verse 11, it says, My son, do not despise the chastening of, chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. Chastening and correction is not something that we by nature, human nature, like. But have you know, human nature is not influenced by God. It's influenced by the other guy. He doesn't like chastening. He doesn't like correction. Right? And we don't want to be like him. We want to be like our heavenly father. Right? We want to be like him. And it says here that my son, notice it's, it's imploring to his son, don't despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Listen, you know, if you love your kids, you're going to correct them. Right? You're going to correct them. I said a couple weeks ago, you know, the Lord loves you just the way you are, but he loves you enough to not leave you that way. 
right? And so not leaving you that way means there's going to have to be some correction because there are things in our life that isn't right, things in our thinking, things in our theology that's not right. He's going to correct them, and sometimes even some chastening is involved. It's because he loves you, and you have to be humble. You have to be meek and open to that, and only you can do that. Amen. Proverbs chapter 10 says, he who, uh, verse 17, he who keeps instructions is in the way of life. He who keeps instruction is in the way of life, but he who refuses correction goes astray. Wow. Amplified, amplified of that says, he who heeds instruction and correction is not only himself in the way of life, but also is a way of life for others. We're talking about being meek. Being humble, being lowly, open to correction. It's not just for you, it's for somebody else as well, right? We're not here for ourselves, we're here for him. And how we do things not only affects us, it affects other people. Listen, your openness to what the, what the Lord is saying tonight or any night affects the per- people around you. How you receive what God's word says will not only affect you, but it'll affect those around you. I owe it to myself to be open to the chastening and the correction of the Lord. But I also owe it to other people to be open to the chastening and correction of the Lord. That's being humble. That's not exalting myself. Right? Well, I don't. No, no, no. You don't exalt yourself. You humble yourself so that he may exalt you. Right? So we're open to these things. He who, he who heeds instruction and correction is not only himself in the way of life, but also a way of life for others. And he who neglects or refuses reproof not only goes astray, not only himself goes astray, but also causes to err, causes to err and is a path towards ruin for others. I mean, you know, it's one thing to, to if you are open to these things, it's a help to you and to somebody else. But then it takes it a step further. Not being open to correction, not being open to, to instruction is a path to ruin for you. In fact, it's not, it's not, it's not that it's not a help. You know, you realize that nothing is neutral. You know, there are nothing, there's nothing neutral spiritually. You're either moving forward or you're or or you're you're either getting closer to him or you're falling away. Why? Because the Lord is moving. He's always he's going somewhere. He's accomplishing something. And if you're not keeping pace with him, you're either, if you're not with him, then you're, then you're further away from him. So our not being open to these things, not only does it not help somebody, it actually is a hindrance to other people. It brings ruin to, to yourself and to other people. Can you see where this is important? It, it, it's, it's such an important thing. In Proverbs 13, verse 18 Proverbs 13, 18 says, poverty and shame. Now, we want honor, riches, and life, right? But this says, poverty and shame will come to him who disdains correction. But he, now I like this, because this is a little more in your face, right? He says, but he who regards a rebuke will be honored. We start talking about a rebuke. That's even a little more serious, right? But he who, he says there that poverty and shame will come to him who disdains correction, but he who regards a rebuke will be honored. What does that mean? You know, a rebuke sometimes is something that's a little more forceful, right? Have you ever had the Lord rebuke you over something? 
call you out on something. It wasn't a, it wasn't just a, hey, you know, you shouldn't do this. It's a, what are you doing? He rebukes you, right? I mean, he gets on your case about something. Well, you, you ought to regard that. He who regards a rebuke will be honored. Remember, we're talking about being lowly, humbling ourselves so he can exalt us. He who regards a rebuke will be, uh, will be honored. Uh, Proverbs uh, 15.5 says, A fool despises his father's instruction, but he who receives correction is prudent. The Message Bible of that says, Moral dropouts won't listen till their el- to their elders. Welcoming correction is a mark of good sense. Moral dropouts won't listen to their elders. Welcoming correction is a mark of good, of good sense. Moving forward, we've got to be open to, to correction, and no matter who it comes through, if it lines up with the Word of God and the Holy Ghost is behind it, be open to those things. Be open to those things. Because the person who does that, they're prudent. You're prudent if you're open to these things. You know, I, I believe that, that as we move forward, you know, the, the, the different ministry gifts will be in more and more operation and, and operating at a higher level. We need to be open to those things. And, and if the word is given for instruction, for correction, right, for all of those things, there's going to be instruction and even correction involved in the ministry of the word from the pulpit. Right? It's, it's going to be there, is it not? It will be. Now, you know, obviously it, it's our aim and whoever's aim. We have people who minister on Wednesday nights that come up minister. And anybody who ministers, you know, I know they come up with, with uh, you know, we have Pastor Angel, of course, does most of them. But, but we have different people who come up and, and Mark just ministered recently and, and Leah just ministered recently. Different ones minister. Well, it's, their, it's, their, it's not their aim to point things out that are wrong for the sake of pointing things out. If the Spirit of God prompts them to do it, it's for our benefit. We ought to respond to that. When you tell your kid, don't touch the stove, the hot stove, it's for their benefit. It's not that you're just wanting to be a jerk about it. You don't want them to touch the stove because you don't want them getting hurt. It would be irresponsible not to say something, and it's just, just as irresponsible as it would be for them to disobey what you said. Can you see that both? They both are wrong, right? But if we're going to move forward, we have to make sure we maintain an atmosphere of love where we can speak the truth to one another, and so we can grow, right? Uh, Proverbs, uh, the 12th chapter, verse, verse 1, uh, and, uh, this will be, I'll end with this because it's 8.15. It says, whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates corruption, or correction, he who hates corruption, he who hates correction is stupid, I just like the way the Proverbs just puts it in plain English, right? Now, some people aren't allowed to, aren't supposed to say that word, but it's, 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 in, it's in your Bible. He who loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is just stupid. That's how God looks at it. That, that, that's the Lord's view on these things, that if we don't, I, I've gotten to the place, I, I love, when it comes to the correction of the word, I love it, I welcome it, because I know there's victory attached to it. doesn't mean it's not, sometimes it's not difficult because it requires you to sacrifice and it requires you to say, oh, to admit it when you're wrong, right? And it, and it requires sometimes for you to go back and fix some things. I mean, if the Lord corrects you about, you know, your love walk with somebody, it, you're going to have to go back and make it right, right? You're going to have to go back and do something about it. And that might be a little painful, but I tell you, there is honor, there is life, there is riches, there is exaltation in being open to and responsive to the instruction and correction of the Lord. Amen? I tell you, it's a part of being humble. 
and we're in charge of whether or not we're humble. That's something that's entirely up to us. God is not going to humble us. We humble ourselves under the mighty hand of the Lord. You're not humbling yourself under, under, you're humbling yourself under God's hand. It's how you're humbling yourself under God's hand. Some say, yeah, but I'll humble myself under God, but not under to a person. If they're speaking the word of God by the inspiration of God, by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, that is the vessel through which he's using to get instruction to you. You judge everything by the word, but what you, how you respond to it is, is entirely up to you. Listen, if we'll trust God, you'll be exalted. He, Jesus is our example. He humbled himself. God exalted him. If you humble yourself, God will exalt you as well. Amen. Well, praise God. God's good. Hallelujah. That's an area we have to make sure we're on top of. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, God's good. Pastor, anything you want to say? Oh, I left Rich just standing in the auditorium. Uh, that's kind of what happened, actually. <laughs> Doug Jones let him stand there for a very long time. And Rich turned all colors of red. And I'm just like, oh, this poor guy. He's been a great neighbor. I'll help him pack up. I don't know what's going to happen. But it was all said and done. Basically, we all got uh, uh, corrected for not being bold enough to take a stand, you know. And only these two guys, the only two that were willing to, that saw themselves correctly and were willing to stand up. There were other people in the room who knew what he was getting at and just wouldn't stand up because it would have been embarrassing. Well, you know, Rich was Rich and the other guy were, were in the right. So he let everybody know that. <laughs> anyway, and I was one of the ones sitting down. So anyway, I, now Rich isn't left standing anymore. So anyway... Rich Day was so funny. As I look at you, I'm looking for some friendly face, and I see you, and you're trying to get me to sit down. Like, like what are you doing? Anyway, <laughs> well, God's good. Amen. Praise. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We bless you. We honor At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.